Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Hold on. Ed is saying, Ed, are you there? Ed? Yes. Can you hear us, Ed? This is the Press Box. To answer your question, Jared, before we go to break, and hopefully Ed chimes in a little. <laughs> With Grady and Bischoff. We'll take a break, and when we come back, maybe Ed Grady will be able to hear Are us. you guys there? On ESPN Las Vegas. I think we're here this morning. It's a Monday here at ESPN with Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Good day for us. Not so much yesterday for the Golden Knights. The First Bite. Will the Golden Knights ever score another playoff goal? Well, I don't know. <laughs> is Cam Talbert going to be the Cam Talbot of yesterday? He's the new Thatcher Demko. He is. He's the new Thatcher Demko. Good for him. Launch it into his chest. This is, uh, listen, this is fascinating what the Golden Knights have done over last postseason and now one game into this postseason where they continue to outshoot their opponents and have more scoring chances and have more high danger chances than their opponents and not win the game. Like they lost on Sunday, one, nothing. They outshot Minnesota by 12. They had nearly a one more expected goal than Minnesota did. And in the last 13 playoff games, the golden Knights have played. They have outshot their opponents. They've had a higher expected goals in 12 of those 13. They have only won five of those games. Like that is it's, it's unbelievable how they have not been able to win these games. Is it the definition of why you say hockey's dumb? Yes, this is exactly (laughs) why I say hockey is dumb because (laughs) the goal in in 12 of the last 13 games, you sit down and watch the Golden Knights play their playoff game and you walk away saying they were probably the better team, but yet they've only won five of those 13 games. Where's Matt Pacioretty? Is he the answer? Uh, well, Maybe it's Max Pacioretty. Well, see, well, it's not Tomas Nosek on the front line, <laughs> on the top line. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I mean, Pacioretty leading score that has to that has to hurt. But and you know, I don't know if he was hurt in the bubble last year, but it wasn't like they were any better last year. No, with I mean, everyone in the bubble when they couldn't score against right. Dallas and when they the end of that Vancouver series and then the entire the, Dallas the entire series, Dallas series. Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, neither one of them was scoring very much, and even the the second line, Marshall, Carlson, and Smith, like they all went into a drought over the end of the playoffs last year, and that's what we're seeing again. Because here's the reason it's fascinating because if this was the regular season, if this was the first, like these 13 games that were, that I'm talking about, if this was the first 13 games of the regular season and the golden Knights were, you know, five and eight, but they were playing really well and their shots Nobody and would chances, think right. We'd be like, well, yeah, they're unlucky, they'll be fine. but you know, they're about to go on a 10 game winning right. streak because that's what the numbers right. imply are about to happen. But in the playoffs, it's small sample size. You, I mean, you get a seven game series and Minnesota's not a team that's that's like significantly worse than the Golden Knights. So there's a chance that Minnesota actually outplays Vegas in some of these games. And if you blow one where you're the better team, that could be all it takes for your season to end. You do it again. Like they do it a second time. They do it tomorrow. If they're, you know, out shooting them by 10, 15, 20 shots. Lose two to one. And lose again. 
I mean, their season's over at that point. So like, but it's, it's a small sample size in the playoffs where normally these things would correct themselves out over time. But in the playoffs, you don't have that time. You might lose. If you do it again, your season is probably over. Like, I don't tend to believe this kind of stuff. I was thinking about writing something for tomorrow on this. I don't tend to believe it. Uh, and, and Pete DeBoer, actually, I think I asked him, like, when they were losing to Minnesota in the regular season, he didn't really deny it because I still think they're a better team than Minnesota. But do you ever buy into this theory that people are in their heads? Like, I don't know at this level if they think that way, especially a team like them yesterday, who the worst part about yesterday for them is they didn't get a, they didn't get a lead in the first period. Cause they completely outplayed oh, them in the first period. Like so when they went better. zero, zero, like, yeah, and we said in the press box, I'm like, that's the game you're going to lose. Like there's something weird about that. You're, you're you outshoot them 20 to five or what 19 to five or whatever it was near zero, zero. That's not good. So I still don't know if I ever totally grasp the concept. Someone's in someone's head at that level, especially when you're the Knights and you walk out saying, how did we win that one? But do you ever think that they're now five Oh and one in the last six games, Minnesota is against them. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, at that level, I kind of blow that stuff off. I go, I don't, I, wouldn't I don't think, think so. so. No, I wouldn't think so either. Um, I, Maybe if they get into this game on Tuesday and it's they still haven't scored and right. going into the third period and they've got like 35 shots through two periods, maybe you can start looking around saying, okay, what like are what's we, going on? Yeah, are they ever going to score against Minnesota? Like, what is it with Minnesota? But again, the same thing happened to him against Dallas. Dallas last yeah, year exactly. And, and hell, Thatcher Dimco did it. To him. There's so, no, I don't think there's any chance Dallas was in their heads. So <laughs> I don't think it's that. Um, but it's, it's been fascinating to see how much they've struggled against Minnesota, given how successful they've been against every other team in what the entire league, pretty much since the golden Knights entered. Right. So it is fascinating. Now, biggest problem was the golden Knights couldn't score. Second biggest problem. How much blame does Alex Petrangelo deserve for that? That was a bad turnover. That's, bad it's turn- a terrible, it's, it's turnover. terrible turnover at that time. I mean, that, yeah, it was a horrible turnover, uh, to, to lead to the goal. So yeah, I mean, he, he deserves blame. You can't turn it over in overtime at that point down on your own end. I mean, you can't you can't do that. And then, uh, you know, the goal goes off Martinez's skate. Well, at that point, you're not going to that. You know, that's that just happens. I mean, that that that's just kind of fluky stuff that happens of why that mo- you know after the turnover it turns into that type of goal. But sure, that's a big play. It's a, this is the most important play. You want the the overreaction hot take? Oh no, Alex Petrangelo is the worst transaction in Golden Knights history. I'm trying to think. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. Who was? Tomas! How did they get? Well, are you sure he's worse than Shippy? Yes. Shippy was bad because <laughs> they expected a lot from Shippy, and Shippy was suddenly at the Flamingo they Ice did. House, practicing on his own. I so, mean, when you get shipped over to Flamingo, <laughs> and the other team is still at City National. That's a pretty bad transaction. So. <laughs> We're, we are one game into the playoffs, and Petrangelo is one year into an eight-year deal. There is still plenty of time for Alex Petrangelo to not be the worst, the transaction. worst transaction in Golden Knights history. <laughs> but if you look at what, what Alex Petrangelo has cost the Golden Knights, that's the problem here, is what he's cost this team. The Golden Knights got rid of Paul Stasny and Nate Schmidt in the offseason to try to make Alex Petrangelo fit under the salary cap on this team. And based on the regular season where Alex Petrangelo was a massive letdown and now game one of the playoffs where his turnover leads to the game winning goal for the team. You can't tell me this team wouldn't have been better off with Nate Schmidt and Paul Stasny instead of 
Alex Petrangelo. No doubt about that. And then on top of that, this whole salary cap gymnastics for the entire season where the Golden Knights played games without a full 18 skaters, you can point to Alex Petrangelo's $8.8 million contract. If they don't ever chase that in the offseason, yeah. they probably play every single game this year yeah. with a full 18 skaters. So when you look at where the Golden Knights are as a team, they end up second in the West. Why? Because they lost the biggest game of the year against Colorado with 15 skaters instead of 18. If they never trade for Petrangelo, they probably play that game with 18 skaters. And maybe they still don't win, but you're playing it with 18 skaters instead of 15. And so what Petrangelo has cost them is two players, Schmidt and Stasny, and then periodically throughout the entire regular season, the ability to play with 18 skaters. He has cost them a lot. He has been very expensive, more than just well, more than just salary. Million. Yeah, more than that. He's cost them more than that. And then you're not really that good in the regular season. Like we never really thought, wow, Petrangelo is awesome. And then in the first playoff game, you have that bad of a turnover. I mean, he had... He had damn near five seconds to clear the puck out of the zone. And there's nobody on the wall up at the blue line for Minnesota. He could have easily cleared it out. He tried to skate it out and had it stolen away. Like, that's a brutal turnover where the fix was extremely easy. It's the worst transaction in Golden Knights history. Okay, so please open that with Millsy on Thursday. I want that to be the first question to see. Well, Millsy's by Thursday, Petrangelo might score. Well, by four Thursday, times. he's going to score three. He's going to score a hat yeah. trick, and they're going to win four and, to three. And then you'll say, okay, that's why they. Yeah. Then it was worth it. All the cost that Petrangelo has had to them, but so far, nothing he's done has been worth it. He has cost them a ton. And the amazing thing is, like when we look at this organization, it feels like every time they acquire a player. That guy fits in right away. Like Mark Stone right away. I think Tatar did too. Well, I mean, he's probably maybe the one that I mean, I thought he played pretty well early. Yeah, but like almost every time they acquire a player, it's like, oh, that guy helped immediately. Pacioretty. Pacioretty did immediately. Even guys like Chandler Stevenson, Alec Martinez, like the sort of the B tier, the second tier of players they acquire almost always make immediate impacts. And Petrangelo, we're sitting here. A shortened season, but 50-plus games later, wondering when's he going to make an impact. You know who's good early that I haven't seen a little uh, in a while? Matty. Yeah, Ma- Matty well, Where's that guy? Pete DeBoer decided to play Tomas yeah, Nosek on, on the first, first round. Like part the Yanmark kid. Uh, what's going on there? I can't. Yeah, that's the other thing. I can't understand why DeBoer played Nosek on the first line. I have no clue. Even and, his... and, they, and he, he tried to explain it. And here's the other thing. When you play a guy on the first line and your first sentence as well, he was kind of rusty and he hadn't played in a month. Like we're looking around, I was like, why, is that, why the hell was he on the first line? Exactly. That was very that was very strange. That his explanation over putting him on the first line, the first three sentences were why you wouldn't play yes, him on the first line, yes. which was very bizarre. And <laughs> like, then he went to the second line. They went to the third line. Part of the reason they acquired Janmark, and I think it was Kelly McCrimmon that even said it in a press conference, was his versatility through the lineup. That you could play him. Yes. He could yes, play center yes. and he could play wing. He could play wing. And he's good enough that you yeah. could play him on the first line or if they're fully the third healthy, line he's or the third yeah. liner. And when given the opportunity, they play hey, Tomas Notion. Yeah. You're without Max Pacioretty. That's where Matthias Janmark would slot in. They, they didn't do it. Do you think it was on your, your theory uh, forever has been, I don't know if this is true, that. Okay, he was he was you know he was rusty and everything like that. But when you put anyone with Mark Stone, he'll be okay. Yeah, and they were they weren't bad with Stone and Noshik on the ice. They weren't at all. Like that line actually, I think had like the second best Corsi of any line they played last night. But the problem is, is that when Mark Stone's out there, 
Mark Stone, and you can even throw Chandler Stevenson in there. Neither one of those guys are like goal scorers. No, they're distributors. Yes. And you can't put Tomash Nosik no. with them. Like they ended up putting Alex Tuck uh, deep in the second period. Alex Tuck ended up playing as the first line left right. winger. That makes a lot more sense because Tuck might actually finish something. Janmark isn't really a true goal scorer, but he's better than Noshik. And here's here's what I honestly think. I think two things played into that. Number one, I think DeBoer wanted the depth throughout the lineup that he wanted to have the a third decent line to be third good. Line. Yes. But I think the other thing is the last time we saw Tomasz Nosik, he was on his hot streak where he had like right. 15 games and it's worth right. like six goals and or whatever that number was. But he went on a hot streak right before he got injured. And I think that played into it where DeBoer was like, well, that guy was playing well. He was scoring goals, so he'll do it with Mark Stone. And it's like, no, he's been a fourth line center for his entire career. With the and he's been Knights. out this long. Yeah, there's no reason to expect him to keep being a goal scorer. So I that that one was bizarre to me that they it was even... more bizarre after he explained it yes they... it was bizarre and then someone asked him and then after the explanation like well that doesn't make sense <laughs> he was rusty so i played him with our best He's... player in the most minutes. this is weird and this is you know I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna test your hockey uh uh knowledge here i don't think that he could come back off an injury as well as um kucherov can no, no, I don't. No. There's something that tells me that Kucherov of an injury is a little bit is a little better than Tomas Noshik. I don't know why. I don't know why. Oh, Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> oh, that kid rolls out of bed and says, "I haven't played Let's like since." Here's two goals. Whatever. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA because the playoff matchups are set and everybody is still terrified of the Lakers. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. A lot of stuff is going on in this world. Basketball is just not the most important thing to me right now. There's a lot of stuff going on overseas. All my people are still in bondage all across the world, and there's a lot of dehumanization going on. So, you know, I apologize if I'm not going to be focused on y'all questions. You know, it's just too much going on in the world for me to just be talking about basketball. Like, I focus on this 24-7 most of the time, but it's just too much going on in this world not to address. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. That was Kyrie Irving as the NBA regular season wrapped up yesterday. I want to look at the Western Conference, though, because I am beyond fascinated by how scared everyone else in the West is of the Lakers. Because before you say that, in this studio last week, during breaks, we actually talked about Israel and Palestine and the, and the war and you know, the raging violence going on there. And yet, guess what? When we came back from commercial, we were able to talk sports. It's amazing. Hard to do. It's hard to do when you, you, know, you can actually talk about what you're doing, but also talk about what's going on in the world. But go ahead. So in the West, we saw the L.A. Clippers so to end the season. The Clippers managed to lose to the Houston Rockets, who are the worst team in basketball. Luke Kennard played 41 minutes in that game. And then yesterday, they also lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder, I think, have won, had before yesterday, had won one game in their last 20. Yeah, brutal. Um, but the Clippers lost to both of those teams. And by doing so, the Clippers guaranteed that they cannot play the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. And if the Lakers beat the Warriors in the first play-in game, they will not be able to play them until the Western Conference Finals. On the other side of this, the Denver Nuggets went into yesterday knowing that if they lost to the Portland Trailblazers, the Nuggets would not be able to face the Lakers in the first round. They would instead get to play the Trailblazers. 
in the first round, and they lost to the Blazers by about 20 points. Should everybody actually be this afraid of the Lakers? Uh, should, I'm not sure, are, yes. I mean, this is, this, is ob- this is more obvious than the past tanks we've seen from entire organizations for entire seasons. They yeah. don't want to play this team, and we've said it all year long, if they're completely healthy, home court doesn't matter. Nothing matters if they're completely healthy. They're the best team. They have the best player. So, yeah, they absolutely – I want to ask – I want to ask, I thought – maybe I'm wrong – I thought now, not that they would care about fines, but, uh, you know, the bomber guy would write checks to everybody, but <laughs> I thought there was some type of fine or discipline when, like, Kawhi and Paul George sit out. Now, maybe they said, oh, Kawhi's foot or whatever, but at some point, isn't there some kind of discipline when the league's like, no, 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 we know what you're doing? I think it's— I thought I, there was I, a fine or something. You can't do that anymore. I think they're more lenient later in the year. Okay, whatever. I, I, mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think just, they are because so stupid. once you get the last few games, like, most— like. Teams will start resting guys being like, we're not playing for much. We're playing for a, you know, one seed worse or better than the other. But I, you're right. There Come has on, been. This is stupid. Yes, there has been. Like the NBA should never find teams for players sitting out because if I'm sitting out my best player, I'm doing it. I'm never going to hurt my organization on purpose. I'm never going to sit out my best player because it's going to hurt my team. If I'm doing it, I think it's going to help. My no, team. they believe it's going to help because they don't right. play the Lakers. But so the NBA should never. I don't know, find an organization for trying to do something that helps them win. That's just stupid. But they do do it when guys rest and they don't have a good reason for it. They're mainly worried about the national TV games. That's their main thing is they don't want. They don't want Kawhi out on Christmas. Right. They don't want TNT coming back saying, hey, we pay all this money for Thursday night basketball and we don't get LeBron or Kawhi. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing here. We're talking about Alex Caruso. Like Luke we, Kennard. We're spending, yeah, we're spending a two hours talking about Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. How minutes? much? What? What's the ice bath for that kid last night? Forty-one <laughs> minutes. That guy played forty-one minutes in his life. Oh my god! So the tank is spectacular, and it's like we. Okay, let me ask you this: this idea would wouldn't you rather play the Lakers right now? Like LeBron James has come back for two games. Anthony Davis has been back for like eight or something like that. Like. The Lakers are probably not like they're they're back, but they're probably not all the way back yet. Would you rather play them early right now when maybe they're not back? Or would you rather push it off as far as you can to the Western Conference? I'd push it off because maybe I mean, please, please don't let's sit here in the studio and wish for injuries. But if I'm them and it tends to be Anthony Davis somehow tweaks something every night now, he falls down, he does something and LeBron's been hurt most of the, a lot of the year and you don't know really how well he is. And all of a sudden you get into these long series. I'd probably push it. I I don't know if I'd play them best of seven right now. I don't think I would do that. I would push it too, because the first thing I'd avoid him as long as I could is injuries because Again, LeBron and Anthony Davis have both been hurt this year. There's no guarantee that they're going to be healthy trying to get through four rounds of the playoffs. So you want to play them as late as possible if you, in fact, think they're the best team. You might be looking out there saying somebody else is better. but I don't think they're saying that. Yeah, Well, not the West. They're clearly not saying that. (laughs) They're all trying to lose to avoid it. So, like, I I think you are absolutely trying to push as far as possible. One, because of injuries. But two, somebody else could beat them. I mean, hell, the Lakers... They, sh- they should be fine, but they do have to win one of their next two games. Like, there is a chance the Lakers lose to the Warriors and then lose that second game to either the Spurs or the Grizzlies, and their season's over. Like, there's a chance the Lakers lose their next two games. I think it's a better chance they lose the first one. Yeah, absolutely. But if they lose both of those, their season's done, and nobody has to play them in the first round. Now, the Clippers are the four. If you get to eight, 
doesn't one play four no matter what? So, yes. So, so okay. The, can, can, do they don't they avoid them till the conference finals? Well, so the the Clippers will not play the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals. That's what I'm saying. Unless the Lakers lose to the Warriors, because if the Lakers lose to the Warriors, then the Lakers can get the eight seed. But if the Lakers okay. beat the Warriors, they're the seven okay. seed, right. and, and they, they can't, can't play, play the Clippers okay. until the Western All Conference right. Finals. Which, by the way, if the Lakers do in fact get into, if they do win the the game against Playoff. the Warriors, and they get in as the seven seed, are we talking the four and the Clippers and the seven and the Lakers are the two favorites to get to the Western Conference yeah. Finals? Yeah. Oh, poor Utah yeah. and Phoenix. Poor Utah yeah. and Phoenix. What a great season I haven't for those heard, two teams. And there's a there's a good reason for this, and we follow it pretty closely. <laughs> Utah is the one seed. Yes, I have not heard from Utah in like two months. Because they just, they I just mean, it's just it's just this weird team that kind of wins games with no one. You know, they've got Donovan Mitchell, they got some good players, but it's like, do you ever hear anything about them? Like, I I don't even know. I had to keep looking at the standings to make sure they were still winning. I'm like, I don't follow <laughs> those guys at all. <laughs> So I was looking for highlights, which is how we wound up with Kyrie Irving saying something that I thought would be funny, but it's because half the highlights from yesterday are like Royce O'Neal with a three-pointer <laughs> and Josh Hall with the yeah, layup. Like, like, I just Googled Josh Hall. Not the guy I thought he was. Lakers will. I mean, I, I if they're both Ryan if they're Anderson. both healthy. Well, if they're both healthy. And by the way, that wins this. I, I went on the old ESPN app this morning to see when they're playing. I guess the Lakers are playing Wednesday and Friday. When is this thing starting for real? So, like, the Clippers are going to have <laughs> the, they're going to have like seven. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George have like seven to ten days off. They will have not played in like two weeks. Yeah, the the uh, the East playing games are Tuesday night. The West playing games are Wednesday. night. The first round, the first round, and then the second rounds I think are Thursday, Friday. So the first round Monday probably starts Saturday. Like the late the the teams that get out of the play in won't play on Saturday. Oh, okay. But I'm assuming. The, the teams that are locked in, yeah, are like gonna, the four and five say, seeds, when the two and or the three and six seeds, will some good rest. Saturday and Sunday, yeah, you get a week off. Jeez, that's why the that's why it's funny that the Clippers had to rest their entire starting lineup for the last yeah, two exactly. games because they like were you're getting, getting a week so, you're getting eight days off anyway. It didn't matter. So who is Terrence Mann? Who did he play for? The Clippers. Yeah, that's their <laughs> roster. I'm looking at highlights. And are I we don't sure we don't have Luke Kennard? He played 41 minutes. Did he do anything? Yeah, where, where are the Luke Where's Kennard? Where's the Luke Kennard highlights? Yeah. That guy played Come 41 on, minutes. Jared. Get it together. We need Luke Kennard highlights. I got Devin Dotson. <laughs> I got Denzel Valentine. Nope. No Kennard. The only okay. is, yeah. is LaMelo back? Yes. It's the only reason I want to watch the the East at all. Let me let me read to you. This is the Oklahoma City Thunder starting lineup that the Clippers lost to yesterday. I don't think you're prepared for I do not think you're prepared for it. I'm not prepared for it. Is Billy Donovan the point guard? He's now in Chicago. Josh Hall. Who is he? Isaiah Roby. Moses Brown. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Uh, Alexei oh, yes, Pokusevichi. Do we have a clip of him? And Theon right, Maladon. Lost to the Clippers. I did, Like, Charlie Brown came off the bench. A guy named Charlie Brown played 31 oh, minutes last it? night for the Thunder. All right, hold on. Let's see if I, let's see if I got it. Jalen Horde. I do not got it. Gabriel Deck. Those are the guys that came off the bench. And beat the Clippers. And beat the Clippers. That that's how much the Clippers tanked yesterday. Is they lost to those names I just said out loud <laughs> for the first time in my life. Charlie Brown. Yes, Charlie Brown Jr. played 31 minutes <laughs> and scored seven points in a well, win over. Be the sure Clippers. to say Junior because Senior was a hell of a player. 
Focus Charlie Brown Sr. A rainbow three for the lead is there. Chachenka Thunder Moneyball. Poku showing a fearless approach Poku. with his career-high six three-pointer at a 29-point night. Uh, Poku had 29 <laughs> yeah. points in 41 minutes. You know, Poku. Hey, who was the guy named Man? Alex Man. That was for the Clippers. Oh, oh no. What was his first name? Oh. Terrence. Terrence my buddy, Man. My buddy yeah, Will. You guys are wrong. Terrence Mann is the writer character in Field of Dreams. Does he also play for the Clippers? That was Terrence Mann. That, that guy who walked around with Coster to weird ballpark seeing things. And I think it was like, was it Boston or somewhere? They're looking in the outfield. And Terrence Mann, this incredible writer. He's now playing for the Clippers, this kid? Yes, of course. Oh. Okay, so my favorite is Josh Hall played at uh, Mulvaney Prep in Hickory, North Carolina at the postgraduate level. The prep school. Yeah, he basically he, he made it to the league by playing a year of prep school. Man, if we ever have, well, we do have a giveaway. Too bad we got to take the call or whatever. The giveaway would be like within five minutes. You can tell us where those dudes went to college. <laughs> Will would win, giving us Terrence Mann was the writer from Field of Dreams. All right, make sure you stay tuned because we are going to have a Golden Knights hat and a sub to giveaway later. Plus, you'd be entered to win a pair of tickets. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll get into more of Ed's Dodgers misery. The depth. There's no depth. Oh, God. We'll get more into that uh, next hour. But, okay, I do act. We're talking NBA and talking about everybody's afraid of the Lakers. So this is 538 and their probabilities for teams to win the NBA title. According to 538, the Lakers only have an 8% chance to win the NBA title this year. Can we bet on that? Yeah, I don't think five million mean, takes. Can bets, someone give me a line on that? Nate, Nate Silver has always been known for predicting things accurately. <laughs> the Clippers are leading the way at twenty nine percent. Wow. The Sixers are second at twenty one percent. Where's Brooklyn? Uh, they are f- tied for third with fourteen. They're not talking about basketball right now, Ed. That's right. That's right. They're talking about uh, Palestine. The Bucks um, are below the Lakers, only six percent. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like the Clippers are this team, because I've heard people in town at the books who really know the NBA say the same thing. Like, they're picking the Clippers to win it all, and they did this like three weeks ago. Nope. They said when it gets to it, the Clippers are going to win it. But it's the whole year I've kind of watched them, and I don't know, it's almost like people are expecting them. I know they're good, but like to flip a switch, like I'm almost surprised. Are you surprised like pretty much the majority of the pin you see is the Clippers are going to win it? And I watch them, I'm like, okay, but... I don't know. I can't. I mean, if you're telling me right now, pick a team. I'm picking over the, the Clippers or Lakers. I'm taking the Lakers. I just am. It's, it is fascinating because people love the Clippers. The Clippers blew it in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And their second best player is known for blowing into the playoffs yeah. in Paul George. Like the idea that like if any of the teams to say, oh, they'll flip the switch in the playoffs come. I think that's the last one you would pick to flip the Lakers switch. Lakers can flip the switch anytime yeah. they want. You'd be like, the Clippers normally flip the switch in the opposite direction. Yeah. They turn it off when they get to the play. They were up 3-1 on the Nuggets with, like, what, a 20-point lead in yeah. the third quarter and lost that game and lost the series. Like, the the idea that they would be the team to flip a switch, yeah, that does seem a little it's, foolish. And now, everyone's picking them, It was I think is really weird. Now, here's... Listen, if you look at the West and you say, okay, you think the Clippers and Lakers are the two best teams and you think it's close and the Clippers don't have to have the play-in games and the Clippers don't have to go through either Phoenix or Utah in the first round, like the Clippers have 
a much easier path. Yes. So, like, if you said, hey, these two teams are close, I can understand why you would say, okay, the Clippers are, you would rather think they, or you're going to pick them to win it over the Lakers because the Lakers have more chances to get eliminated. But I don't, I I almost think I'd, I almost think I'd pick the, the Suns to win it before I'd pick the Clippers to win. I don't know. I mean that those percentages surprise. Well, I'll tell you, I maybe the twenty something percent you're saying the Clippers are as the leaders in the clubhouse. I'm far more shocked at eight percent for the Lakers. Like that's. A, I mean, well. obviously the obviously the Clippers are like a popular choice here for whatever reason, and maybe they think everyone's rested and they'll be fine. They added Rondo, all of that, which okay, I can buy into that. I can't really buy into eight percent for the Lakers. I think that's very low. It is. It is, but it it ultimately comes down to them having to play more than likely Two. Phoenix in the first round, and Utah's going to or not Utah, excuse me, uh, the Clippers are going to get the Mavericks in the first right. round, and that's probably the biggest dis that plus the Lakers have to win a game to get there, but that's probably the biggest disadvantage is that first round matchup. Once you get to the second round, the four teams left in the West are whichever four it ends up being or all like whether it's Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers, right. like it's going to be four really good teams. So it's not, it's gonna, not really going to matter who you play in the second round, but the first round is probably where that comes from. So yeah, there's your, there's your West. By the way, you said before the break, you're only interested in LaMelo ball in the Eastern play in. Yeah. We're getting Bradley Beal against I the know. Celtics. I just, I like watching LaMelo. He's so much better than I thought he was going to be, so I think it's cool watching him. That's the one I'm not interested really? in. Really? I the love Pacers, watching him. I mean, LaMelo's fun, but... I love, I, he's so fun Pacers, to watch. Pacers, Hornets, who cares? Just because of him. I mean, we talked about Boston earlier this year, about, like, Brad Stevens, and although I don't... I think, you know, as long as Ainge is there, we both said Brad Stevens is going to be there, which I think he should be. Um, not fired up about Boston, Washington. Can I say I am pumped about the play-in series? Like, this is this is much better. This is absolutely better because we're going to get to watch. We're going to watch Lakers against Steph. And we're going to get to watch Warriors, Lakers. Phenomenal. Celtics and Wizards. As far as like the seven, you got got good players. Yeah. Yeah. The seven, eight seed in the, in the East. Okay. And we get to watch LaMelo. And you're telling me that we're going to get one of LeBron James or Steph Curry playing in a do or die game before the playoffs even start. That's that's phenomenal. I kind of hope it's LeBron. Well, it'd be fun if it was LeBron. I mean, I, it would be fun it, if it's LeBron. It'd be LeBron. fun if it's LeBron, or it'd be fun if Curry went for like 63 in right. a do-or-die game. Right. Why not both? That's <laughs> impossible. Be, but, well, no, he they goes for 63, and then, you know, LeBron does one of the things that LeBron does where he, like, he can go for 63 against the Lakers. No, no, we're talking him. about a do-or-die game, Jared. They right, can't, the first game is not a do-or-die game. The Lakers and Warriors can both lose the first game. Yeah. They're pre- if, you know, if you don't know the play-in setup... The seven plays the eight. The winner gets the seven seed. The nine plays the 10 losers eliminated. And then the loser of the seven, eight plays the winner of the nine, 10. And the winner of that gets the eight seed. It's a great play in setup. It's phenomenal. Winner of the seven, eight gets the seven. Yes. Did I say they get the eight? Yeah, they get the seven, so right? Winner of seven, eight gets the seven. So they're opening against Phoenix. Yes. It's not easy. Yeah. I could the Warriors beat Phoenix. Like if the Warriors beat the Lakers, the Warriors. Well, in a one-off, the Warriors could definitely beat the Lakers. The last, if the he last goes nuts. twenty games, the Warriors are fifteen and five. Yeah. The yeah. best, the best records in the NBA over the last twenty games of the season were the Knicks and the Warriors. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Knicks got the four I seed know, against Atlanta. <laughs> one, uh, he could beat the Lakers if he goes crazy the way he's playing right now. Oh yeah, and I they, mean, they've he, would be great. He's done that to a lot of teams during yeah. the season. Is he's just that much better than everybody else? It's phenomenal how good he is. And to be honest, it, it's almost 
more fun watching him play now, yes. almost, than it was when they were the super team because he's doing it all by himself. The, the Warriors, that three-year run where they were the best team in basketball is the most fun team I've ever seen yeah. play basketball. I mean, it's it's remarkable how much fun that well, team was. And it's, you know, people say, oh, it's coach speak, it's coach speak. But when Kerr says after the game, he's better than ever. It's like, well, he might be. Yeah. Because he's doing it by himself and no one can still stop him. That's the other thing. It's like he's doing it by himself, and the greatest part about that is no one can stop him anyway. Could he do it with uh, Terrence Mann and Poku? <sighs> not Poku. Not Poku. Not Poku. Poku can't make that's, that that's team. Poku went for 29. Can Poku make the team? Poku went for 29. What are you talking about? Can Poku make the team? What about Charlie Brown the third? Charlie Brown. <laughs> Put Charlie Brown in there. Steph will light it up even more. I mean, the war. Uh, the Warriors lineup. Who's coming off the bench for them? This is these are the three bench players that played for the Warriors yesterday. Juan Toscano Anderson. Uh, he's actually decent. Jordan Poole and Michael Mulder. I don't trust people with three names. So don't like him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So I what don't. are your thoughts on the Golden Knights <laughs> goaltender, Mark Andre Fleur? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next there's question. A, there's a lot of three names in this town. You know that, right? I know. I know. I don't trust. You them. offended the entire I don't trust city. Them. I don't trust. Desiree Reed Francois. I don't trust three people. I don't trust the three name people. Who with the Raiders has three names? Jared Jones oh. Smith. No, our favorite player, Jared Jones Smith. Yeah. I like him though. There's a lot of three names. Like well, the only reason the I like him is they got him off the street. <laughs> like you know, because he worked hard for his spot when Johnny when Johnny rolled rolled down uh, uh, the uh, street there after the facility and said, "Hey, look at that guy. He can play." Did they get Jared Jones? Smith off the street because the practice squad wasn't allowed in the facility, so they were just standing out on the street trying to get in. Is that what he means? Is that what Mayock meant when he signed him off the street? And the Jared Jones Smith kid looked at a bunch of people lining up. He goes, I'll go line up. And like they just took him anyway and they had no idea who he was, but he was in was the, the he was in the line. He was in the mask. We could have been there. I was like, Yeah, you guys come in, you're on the team. He, he parked he, he Mayock was parking his car and he yes. saw his bubble button. He yes. just oh, was like, Whoa! Look at that bubble button in the line. You gotta get him. That should have been the question. <laughs> Of Jared. When he mentioned Jared Jones Smith. Oh, how was his bubble? Wife? If we hadn't been so distracted by Googling <laughs> who the, the hell, hell is Jared Jones Smith, we should have asked, does, how's that bubble? How's that bubble butt of Jared, Jared Jones Smith? Smith? He's an offensive lineman. He better have a big one. He better. You got to have a bubble butt. That should have been the question. But again, when he said Jared Jones Smith, it was more of who? Yes. Yeah. I still thought he said Jerry Jones Smith. <laughs> and I was like, does the Cowboys owner have like a son with a hyphenated last name uh, or something? So, all right. What we've learned in this segment is I don't understand the play-in system. <laughs> Ed doesn't like people with three names. And when Tyler starts saying numbers, I just get more confused. All right. Here's your chance to get qualified to win a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights game tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. You will win a sub plus a Golden Knights hat. Plus, you'll be entered to win a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights Wild Game tomorrow. We will take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. You get a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, a Golden Knights hat, and be qualified for tickets to the Golden Knights game tomorrow. 702-364-1100, caller number 7. Coach informed me that the uh, very next day uh, after I got drafted, uh, when I came down here, he kind of uh, brought me into the room. Asked me how I felt about it, and I uh, really I feel great about it. I feel like it's going to help me maximize my opportunity, maximize my skill set. So I feel like Coach knows what he's doing. He's doing what's best for the team, and I feel like it's going to work out uh, really well. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff 
Uh, Jared, please everybody a favor and tell us who was just speaking there. Is that Terrence Mann? I will not. <laughs> you don't want to give it a shot? Nope. You don't know how to but say I his last name. I know that he's name. a running back. You don't know, you don't know how to say his last name? I do not. Oh. Travis Etienne. It's it's undoubtedly the easiest name to pronounce because it's just E T N, just the three letters of the okay, alphabet. Okay, I for some reason thought it was French. Apparently, I mean, I don't know where it's from, and I understand why it would be hard to pronounce if you look at it. But it's just E T and N, just the three letters of the alphabet. No, I. I Can we have the origin, that? please? <laughs> I was just trying to preview Bischoff's brief. Yes, later. coming up, Bischoff's briefs. We'll get into Travis E T N and uh, Jokers because Urban Meyer is going to give John Gruden a run for his money with Jokers. Is there? Any, we'll wait till Bischoff's brief, but is there any question on the studio? Urban might struggle as an NFL coach <laughs> because he's doing some stuff. You're like, yeah. uh, congratulations to Lou. He won the two foot sub from Porta Subs in a Golden Knights hat and is qualified to win a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights game tomorrow. We're going to have that same exact giveaway coming up later in the show. So another sub from Porta Subs, another Golden Knights hat, and another chance to get qualified to win tickets to the Golden Knights game tomorrow. That's coming up later on, so make sure you stay tuned. Now, we'll turn our attention to the other local team that could actually win a championship this year. The Las Vegas Aces. Season opener against the Seattle Storm. They lost 94-83 to to the Seattle Storm. And I the, the most disappointing part of that game is that the Aces have clearly learned nothing from their last two playoff defeats. Everything they did in that game is the exact same way. They lost to Seattle in the WNBA Finals last year and lost to the Washington Mystics in the semifinals two years ago. The Aces, and Sue Bird is another year older. That's true. Um, the Aces are big, and they're going to try to beat everybody up by simply being bigger than the rest of their opponents. And that's going to work a lot of the times because Liz Cambage and Aza Wilson are, are both very good. But when they play the Seattle storm and probably when they play the Washington mystics, because Elena Deladon is back, they're going to lose to those teams because those teams win with efficient shots. Those teams win with spacing and shooting. And like, for example, Liz Cambage can't guard anybody on Seattle. When Seattle spaces the floor and put five players around the perimeter, she can't guard any of them. And the That's storm just good. spread the floor and they get layups or they get threes on their possessions while the aces come down, throw it into the post and hope to get a layup, but usually get a mid range jumper. The aces are going to be good. The aces are going to have one of the three best records in the WNBA this year. There's no doubt about it. We're going to go into the playoffs talking about the aces and their chances to win a title, but they have zero chance to win a title. If they keep playing how they're playing, they haven't learned a thing from what their elimination has been the last two years. And First game of the season looks exactly the same as their playoff eliminations. I just get really happy that Brianna Stewart could also play hockey because she's Stewie. <laughs> and this goes all the way back to Ari, uh, Ariama, uh, Gene Ariama when he was, she was at Connecticut. He never said Brianna Stewart. It was only Stewie. And Sue Bird the other day is like, we still have Stewie. We have Stewie. And by the way, the Aces can't stop Stewie. <laughs> so no. there, is, there is an issue with Stewie so, because yeah. she kicks their tails every time they play, is, as she did in the finals last year. Does Seattle have a lineup that the Aces can stop? Well, they, they were missing. I Not think when she's on the floor. They were missing like their starting center. 
They lost a lot in free agency, actually, but obviously they brought back the important people. Well, they brought back Stewie and <laughs> Sue Bird. Sue Bird, who's 40 and still jacking threes on them every, from everyone on the floor. Sue Bird, someone said that yesterday. I'm like, Sue Bird's 40? Yeah. They also acquired Katie Lou Samuelson, who's a three-point shooter, and they let her shoot threes, unlike the Aces with the three-point shooters they acquired. Um, but they, the, the, the Storm, the, the Aces won chances. The Storm did get this one girl from, um, I think, Chicago who only shoots mid-range jumpers. Only shoots mid-range jumpers. You're the not entire, happy with her. Oh, and and they're the they're the they are the one step in from the three-point line, three oh. or mid-range jumpers. Like I'm watching, I'm like, who is that? Because she's the worst player in the history of the game. Dupree is her last name. <laughs> they also have Jewel Lloyd. Yeah. But the problem is they don't call her Lloydie, they call her Jewel. So they go first name on Jewel Lloyd, but Stewie on Stewart. I can't keep up. I mean, it, if they went Julie, that would be confusing. <laughs> That'd be weird. You'd be completely yeah. confusing. I've got a question for you uh, on the Aces. What do you have a bigger problem with? Greg Popovich missing an NBA game to see Tim Duncan enshrined in the Hall of Fame, his like main guy ever, Timmy, Timmy, raise a glass to Timmy, or Kelsey Plum leaving the Aces to try to qualify for the Olympic three-on-three oh. USA team. Well, I don't have a problem with either one. Uh, you have to pick one. Because I'm actually kind of pumped to watch three-on-three basketball. Oh, if you give and... me a choice on three-on-three uh, three or regular, I'm taking three-on-three. Three. I'm just saying she's leaving an 0-1 team. <laughs> <laughs> who can't which, shoot, which, which might be on two tomorrow night because Stewie's probably in the lineup, uh, or Greg Popovich, a, an NBA coach whose team is fighting for that uh, nine spot and leaves the team to watch Tim Duncan and Shrine. Okay, I don't have a problem with either one. Okay, I know that you've got to pick one. I would leave two in both scenarios. I know you would, but I guess <laughs> I have. A, I guess I have a bigger problem with Popovich leaving because you can watch it on TV. Like oh, he no, didn't. Well, no, that's your son, man. I'm gonna say, I'll say I agree with you because it's not as if Popovich, if he didn't show up, it's not like Duncan wouldn't have like praised him. Like he actually right. praised his family. I mean, Popovich was the final person beyond his family that Duncan actually praised. He waited till the end to do Popovich because he's so close to him. Um, Kelsey Plum's going to play in the Olympics, damn it. Well, only if they qualify. Well, yeah, she's going to qualify for the Olympics. Is she playing with Stewie? I don't think so. Plummy, Stewie, and Lloydie. <laughs> that team would be unbeaten in the Olympics. He's going to play for the Olympics. I'll tell you what. Every time you say Stewie, I think of that Family Guy character. And you're <laughs> crossing my brain to like. I will get tell you weird. this: if I'm Kelsey Plum, and you know, like it's three on three, so you get to pick your teams. I'm begging Stewie to be on my team just to get her off this game tomorrow night. Like, why don't you come play in the Olympics with me? And why the way, why isn't Brianna Stewart in this thing? Why why isn't she doing three, three on, on three? three? We don't care well, about three on three. I mean, it's you're going for an Olympic gold, and so Kelsey Plum is going this three on three thing. Is she not playing in, with the national team in the regular? I mean, is no. This just... this, the, th- the three on three players are not. They are are like players that were like invited to training camp but didn't make the final roster. Is so the three they roll three down team. to three on three? Yeah, and it's great. Do the men have Olympic three on three? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be. Oh, amazing. that's Terrence Mann. Well, I, yeah, that exactly, guy could play in that. And I don't think the U.S. will probably win it because we're sending Terrence Mann, and other countries are like, we've got guys that are playing three what? on three for what twenty-seven. If years. Two of the three are Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, and Kennard's like, I can play. I can and, play all day. Oh, you just I played till, forty-one the other what day. What country is Poku from? That guy is going to light it up in three on three. But <laughs> I'm on it. Listen, Kelsey Plum, and maybe it's because she was leaving for the Olympics, but Lambeer. Doesn't put Kelsey Plum in the starting lineup after Angel McCautry goes down. 
doesn't let Kelsey Plum shoot three. Uh, well, then she's leaving for sure. I would leave in a heartbeat. Yes, I'd leave too. I three on three. I only got to worry about two other teammates that might take my <laughs> well, shots. Three on three. Yeah. How many people are on the team? Five. Four. They got four. four. Oh, There's three. She's and one gonna beat out one of those exactly. people. It, I would leave too. I'd be like, Bear won't even play me. I can't even get a shot up because I got thrown in the damn post every possession. Well, she play, shoots three pointers. You can't play on that team. I'd if you leave do. in a heartbeat. No doubt about what it. What if they lose again to Stewie tomorrow night? She goes for like 30. Man, I love watching her play. She's a good player. They probably she's really will. good. They can't, she's the worst matchup. Her she's a horrible matchup. The same for them. player. It's a terrible matchup. Stewie.